Welcome back. I'm glad that everybody was able to get to the link from Pete. One thing we almost took away from him. That's right. The link, That's right. The link you Nazi. guys will not ever make the link mistake again because, as Craig says, I will overbear you with my aggression for no appropriate reason. Yep. Oh, that's How's right. the energy right now? The energy awesome. is well, man. All right, guys. Good. You guys seem like you're, you're low ass energy right now. And <laughs> no, I'm just gonna shit. have to carry this shit like I always some do. Good stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are you carrying? What, are, what exactly? Hey, are you hook, carrying? Your, hook your wagon to mine. I got you guys. <laughs> hey, there's enough. There's enough room in the back. Get behind yeah, you, me. You're cool. You can get on. Come yeah, on. You're on. Cool. <laughs> Jump on. I'll drag you through this. Typical now. Pete. I'm good as long as I'm in first place and I see y'all back there second. <laughs> hey, hey. I'll you know what, Dwight? Second place, a is a, second place is a first place loser, buddy. That was a first place loser. That's exactly what he said during the mastermind. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you're not first, you're worst. Well, isn't that, isn't that from, uh, isn't that from um, the Will Ferrell movie? What do they say about that? Oh, God, what's the racing movie? God damn oh, Dagan Nights. Dagan Nights, thank oh, you. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On air, and I'm, I'm making a fool of myself. What do they say about that? What do they say about being first and tell it? Not first, you're last. Yeah, okay. first, I, thought, last. I thought it was more profound than that. Nope. Second not. place is first place for losers. <laughs> no That's fear. Like, uh, let's go all the way back to the, the early nineties. Um, well, let's roll back, man. Let's bring it. I, I think that one of the biggest topics that we've been wanting to hash out is relating to this, uh, this hiring process. And I think everyone who, who all here is dealing with some hiring issues right now. It's getting better. Yep. It's getting better for us too. We just yeah, recently had around, a big, isn't it? We had hey, a by the shift. way, I, I know we Resolution. don't have the power because I can't tell the editor to go do something because we don't have an editor. But does anyone here, Craig, just, just no jokes for a second. Does anyone here remember me saying this six months ago? Yeah, I'd love to pull up things. The pendulum, like that said I said, yeah. I was like, the pendulum is going to swing. And every, because everyone was playing in this, well, as me, hiring is so hard. And I remember telling that at the summit, I remember sitting on stage being like, hold on, you're about to have the most empowered, you're about to have the, the best opportunity, the best team you've ever had. 100%. And the pendulum is going to swing back. And I know I said it multiple times, so I'd love to, you know, I don't say I'm right all the time, even though Dwight would say that I do, and Craig would say that I think I'm right all the time. But in this well, instance... Well, no, I think you, you, you believe you're right all the time. I don't <laughs> think it's what you say. Belief is different from actually <laughs> being. Yeah, I, I, yeah so you make conciliation, you make, you, you can, you, uh, oh, you make some... Well, yeah. well, look, the beauty of being recorded is that it's a problem. You're either right or wrong, and you can't, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't fudge it. Yeah. So we should just do a best of Bitcoin clip montage. Uh, hey, 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 <laughs> hey. Okay. Again, just the like, timeline. Is, a million. Hey, we're the Peter know. reality. The timeline just needs to be Peter extracted. Is. My timeline is just being extended a little bit, Craig. I know, it but I, you never told us. Hair. Hey, I'm prognosticating for twenty one twenty four. I thought you were prognosticating right. for twenty twenty four. His favorite yeah. thing is to pronosticate, but we are on his timestamp. So it may be 40 years from now. Yeah. yeah. No, if I'm ever it, wrong, it's... we just need to extend the timeline. Okay. Right. Yeah. Maybe beyond our own death, right. but this Enough is picking on Pete. I, I'm sensitive. Pick it on Pete time. It's coming back. No, but All it's right. true though. I mean, as you have these big companies laying off, it's getting a lot better for us. And um, if you choose to look at the oncoming recession as something to kind of trim the fat and start laying off your own people, you're going to have them picked up by the entrepreneurial people that like ours, us that feel a little bit better about the future. So well, no important. doubt. I mean, the economy does clean itself up. And one of the main methods, unfortunately, is as it's cleaning itself up, a correction to inflation is always increased unemployment. And increased unemployment then turns out to being a solution for a lot of individuals who've been looking for better quality individuals. It also solves a lot of wage inflation 
and things to that nature. So we all, if you've held the line and yes, I would say, and I'm going to speak this out loud because maybe I can be the only one, but all of us have maybe had to hire to, to hold a position, to fill in a spot, knowing that everyone that, did for the past yeah. years, Dwight. And knowing like, that in many, many ways, why did you there's no way that we're going to be able to maintain that person at that pay. That's just not, not going to be okay. Well, and how that's many okay of us to just say it. check the box. It's a warm, yeah. you know, it's someone I needed. I hear it all the time. Well, I just needed somebody is what I hear. Right. And so you're right, Dwight. We all did that. We all yeah, did that. Sometimes people are like, oh, I can't believe you hired him for that. The times are what sometimes describe what it is we need to hire. But the only, I think the only failure in this is that if you then just say, well, you know, then you keep it that way forever. Cause in reality you do live in an economy and it's not just your own economy. And the truth is, is yes, there's very likely that you can trade people out, but if you get stuck just saying, well, this is my team, you should always be recruiting. And that's why I think we should talk about this right now. ABR baby. I'm gonna get a hat. that says ABR, ABR, always be always recruiting. Be recruiting in every position. And I think that's one of those things you really have to be prepared for because there will be change. And I will say that, and, and this could be another pot in itself, but prepare your business to be able to onboard people well, and then this won't be as stressful. That, that, that would be an after this one. Uh, yeah. Dwight. Yeah. Would be so a, that's that something really, a, really, we're going to need to talk about thing. because that's after the fact. That's after yeah. the success. That's yeah. not today. That'll wipe and, us out. And, that's a and by one. the way, uh, too, when you're talking about like, being vigilant and not not hiring the wrong people and trying to fill spots and that we've all had to do it. Uh, you know, we we have had a stretched team here, unfortunately, for quite a while. And we had some during the wage inflation, there was a lot of assistants that were lured of my out of my practice for like, oh, don't worry, we'll pay you more, you know, a, a dollar or two more per hour, unbeknownst to those assistants. And even though you break it out sometimes at like, hey, you get this per hour this in bonus, this in benefit, this in 401k, this and that. And still, oftentimes people will make bad decisions because they said, well, I can't count on the bonus or I can't count on this, you know, and they'll leave for a dollar more per hour. Some of those people now are coming back around and be like, that was not the opportunity it was cracked up to be. And I'm really thankful that the leaders in the practice are not allowing some of those subpar people to come back in because they know you're going to get stuck with them and and it's going to be hard on your team for a little while, but it's better to stretch and make it through as a team and divide up whatever resources you have between the existing team than pull on that body because those bodies are sometimes really costly or bringing someone back that was never a really good fit. I think that's really important. Do you bring people back that you felt were talented? I would. Yeah. Um, I do too. I just I had do. said that recently. Um, they left on good terms, but they left, right? And that never feels good to be the one broken up with, so to speak. Um, but if they're good, like I'll drop the you and be like, you were good, you know? Like, yeah, and I think to- as Peter would oftentimes say too, it's 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 a great, uh, from an optic standpoint of your existing team, Great. like they went out the to go somewhere else. They bring the news from outside. They Everybody. did, hey, the grass isn't greener guys, let's make it work or here. Like How many of you track this? Curious. We track 43% of people who leave our practice ask for the job back within a year. Oh no. Ours is so much higher. higher like, holy like, smokes. Th- yeah, We're 43%. I thought that was a big number. Hey, that's every, good. That's awesome. The fact right. that you have data to it is amazing. Cause I can't give you statistics like that. All I can I, tell you is well, don't give amazing. me an emotional answer. <laughs> give me data. <laughs> this is bro. True. All right. You know what? I'll yeah. shut my mouth. Yeah. So three are three people that recently left all asked within days like one of them called Eric. I'm like, and Erica was actually giving her advice. Like, listen, it's only been three days. Give it a chance. 
So now everybody in my ecosystem, I mean, outside of people moving out of the area. Of course. Well, it's critical. And it, one of the biggies that I think that we have to understand is that if you're tracking it, you're realizing it, you're making that impact. I, we talked about on the last pod about how we are not the hires and the fires on our team, but I think there's a culture and we just touched on it, a culture to recruitment. And that's what you just said. Sometimes some people leave and it's not this compassionate, Oh, be compassionate that they left us and they're coming back. No, they have the skill set that's good for the business. And you have to be watchful because director of operations, office managers, individuals out there that are running your ops, they may just be so sour that somebody left. They'd be like, ah, not even taking that application. And we as leaders mm -hmm. need to stop and have these conversations with our implementers and our operators to say, hey, by the way, we actually have a, a, a culture that says, if this person's great for the team, get yourself out of the way, get your personal emotions out of the way. And it's not about you. Bring them in. And now let's tell them as to why, which is what you just said. They come in saying, oh, no, 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 grass is not greener. Stay. Right. So I think it's important. Don't forget to explain that. Obviously, to the, the hesitancy with that, Dwight, is is that if this person has done it once, they will do it again. Right. Sure. And which is which is tiresome. I mean, that's all I can say is it's tiresome to the team. It's taxing on the team. It's taxing emotionally inbound, you know, having to give someone an exit interview, having to give them a new onboard interview, pay them off payroll. It's it's taxing. So I think that is probably where some of that is coming from. I don't know if it's so much ego sure. as it is just this is this is a lot of work and please don't do this again, right? Um, but everyone's entitled to make a mistake, I feel like. Yeah, oh, take, for sure. Take that a little bit further because, yes, that person may leave again, but what it also can send a message we have to be very careful about is that, hey, if you leave, we'll take you back. Right. That's so then people good feel point, good right? about, hey, well, I, I let me go try it out over here. She did, right. and they took her back. So you have to right. be careful about that. You make have to make it very so clear. So you don't that's want your success ratio to be, uh, you know, Dwight says it's 43%. Maybe that's a good mix. Maybe it's like, hey, yeah, if you're a badass, we'll take you back. But if you were probably an underperformer and left because you were job hopping, like, don't count on a job getting come well, back here. Or it's as simple as any of those. It's as simple as like, look, an, a doctor loses an assistant. The assistant goes and takes another job. You get a really qualified assistant to take that person's position. It is not fair to the new person you just hired. Yeah, that's true. So like your position may not be here. And that's also reality of it as well. Like, hey, you were a great hygienist. We would take you back, but we filled your, your opportunity. Yeah, but rarely are those people ever, if they are brought back in, right? So we're at 43% of that 43% of the people who come back asking for their job. That's what you're saying. 43% doesn't 43%. mean that they're hired. Right, that's what I was understanding. 43% yeah, means they've asked for their job back within that year of leaving. And I think yeah. it's an important statistic, really not even so much for us, but for everybody on the team. Now, if, they're, if they come here's back the, in, I assure problem, you- Dwight. Here's the problem, Dwight. Here's the problem. Do you, so- he, one of the problems we ran into is we always want to take the high road. So if someone resigns and they call back and want their job, it's not really our position in the organization to be like, hey, you know, Jeanette called back and wanted her job back. Like it just doesn't feel right. We want to protect their privacy. So how do you balance the how do you report that statistic back to your team without feeling like you've violated their privacy and or made them look bad? I mean, just claiming the percentage is not, I mean, we have a- But you say it like in a morning huddle, like, hey, FYI, 43% of the people that leave want their job back. No, like, I think it's a known discussion amongst our leadership team 
where they can expect some people to also ask for the job back. And I think they spread that information based on the necessity of knowing, Hey, some people start considering job down the road is going to pay me $5 more per hour. Well, guess what? If they're that much high above market, what do you think that job is all about? Are they just trying to kind of recruit anybody? They're throwing anybody in there. And well, that's what people have been doing. And and does that mean that nobody else? And so therefore, knowing that statistic is because a lot of people try out that other side. I'll be honest with you. Back in the day when we weren't such a big practice with a better established culture, with better leadership and more accountability and onboarding, which took a lot of work to get here, there weren't a lot of people coming back. Once they left us, they did. They could have found the better place. Let me be blunt and honest. Right. But once we worked really hard to find something, people who get attracted by the dollar bill sometimes do want to come back. Now, I think that's the point is we, you know, it's a result of the culture we've created. I think that's something that but people get accustomed to it, though, Dwight. Like I had a hygienist that recently was temping another office to help out a friend right. and she came back. She's like, holy smokes, what we have here is so Gratitude. special. Right. Holy smokes. Oh my God. So I almost wish like it would be great for my own culture. If we made people do mandatory externships. Yes. General yeah, we talked about hey, you got a two week externship In practices. Yeah. yeah, it would be yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Cause once yeah. you see what is normal, you're like, right. holy shit. And by the way, I want to qualify the uh, 100% of people want their job back. We have had people that make career changes. That's a different story. I don't know totally. if those people of um, come back as frequently as yeah, moving yeah, to yeah. another dental office. Yeah, yeah. Well, I agree. I, I think what people get worn out of, and we talked about this actually in the retreat, and and I gave some tips on what I did to circumvent this problem was people comparing what was an apples to oranges scenario, um, mm-hmm. right? And and what Craig was saying when we started this pod was that people remember what they were hired up. I make twenty two dollars base. I make thirty dollars base, or whatever it is. And when they hear someone makes thirty one, all of a sudden it's well, damn, I don't get paid that. But mm-hmm. in actuality they more than likely do in all of your ecosystems and probably the people listening to this. So it's not a fair comparison. And I gave, again, the tactics of what to do and and what we have instituted quarterly to kind of circumvent that problem and make people feel better about what they're getting because it's far more than what they were hired with. Um, Because, right, when you ride with a good kick-ass team, the team does better, right? The business. And I love the simplicity of your pie chart. We implemented it here in Dental. That graphic where it's literally like, if I'm working on your team, I've got my name at the top and then there's a pie chart and it's all the benefits components. And at the bottom is the dollar per hour total. And that includes benefits, bonuses, all that. And it's accurately you know, calculated and put out after the end of every quarter that keeps these conversations managed. And honestly, I didn't come to appreciate that quite as much as I have over the last year. It, it made a tremendous difference for the team. So, I think too one of the frustrations. So we talked. We ended the last podcast with with talking about how there's a burnout problem in dentistry, right? There's lack of implementation, which then causes it's like this cycle: lack of implementation, which then makes the dentist more frustrated, which then on the nucleus of everything. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest burns is the is a hiring mm-hmm. and b retention, like we're talking about. Because because then the re- the lack of retention of the employee then causes you to have to go back into hiring, which is daunting, as we know, if you don't have tools and systems around how to make that less daunting and getting the right person on the bus. Right. So everyone just rolls their head. Like you talk about hiring and it makes it makes all the, op- you know, we're in the mastermind, it makes people skin crawl because they know the 10 steps that are going to take 
to put, potentially putting someone back on the bus, and that might be the wrong person. But they're going to spend weeks and months trying to see if that person is right, right, and ultimately decide, and or that per, either they will decide or that person might decide that they don't like this seat, and they then leave, and the process starts over again, and that is just too much sometimes for people to cope with. So. This is this is key cog for me that it's, changed with culture index. It's key cog. Period. Remember, yeah. I was talking about the yeah, entrepreneur. Yeah. This is this is the hardest part of advancing your business. And Craig, it goes back to you. We talk about vision. So much is predicated on getting this right, because it will make the vision of what you're trying to do so much happen so much faster with so much less. You know, that's why we go through it on the bulletproof pathway. It's not that we stuck a bunch of shit up on the board. It's like, go through this pathway. It works. It's get your, get your head right, get your vision right, get it planned, then start build implementing your, your team implementation, then start look for learning how to hire, right? Building it. And so it, this isn't hocus pocus. It, we, no. It's, it's a methodology as Dwight Lysa said. Yeah. The problem is though, it's like we talked about before. It's like the work, it's just the five easy steps. You know, people don't want to do the work. And and even with my own physical fitness, I, don't I would feel like that's true, Craig. I, I think that there's there is a at the very first level of decision of what type of practice you want. There's so much that people don't even look when you at. You say uncover. people don't want to do the work. Unpack that a little bit. more. So because look, let's be honest. High school was hard. College was hard to get a dental school was hard. People are willing so, to do work. It's just, yeah, said they want a shortcut. They, yeah. So what well, I why? think is because that because they didn't have a shortcut in getting so, to where they so, are. So look, I went like I went to Dwight's practice. I went to another practice all in one Monday. I saw five locations, right, guys? Yep. And each one was Wait, break so, down of which. So you saw two of Dwight's. So, and so I saw two of Dwight's, two of Trey's, which are you know both of Dwight's were different. Both of Trey's were different, and I saw an entirely different model, an entirely different owner, and an entirely different model. Okay. Outside of people being treated for their teeth, there was absolutely nothing similar about their businesses absolutely. whatsoever. Great point. And I think really? that people that are listening are like, dental practice, that's it. It's yeah. a dental practice, and it is not. Yeah. Think of it as a restaurant. All restaurants will get you full. But look at look at the disparity in great business analogy. models. Some people analogy. need to get Chick-fil-A because they have four minutes. Yeah. And some people want they're celebrating their anniversary, both restaurants, and people are not willing to do the work to describe the new restaurant they wish to create that this makes is my them favorite feel. analogy you've ever done, by the way. So that that makes them, you know, it's like we're all chefs. A lot of appreciation from Pete. Yeah, it didn't go right, unnoticed. But I just want, I don't want to lose my train of thought. So it's like, as dentists, we're all chefs, we're all artists. And they say, how did you build your restaurant? Yeah. Well, you know, I want it, blah, blah, blah. What, 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 how many square feet was it? Well, what are you serving? Are you hot chicken sandwiches? Are you filet yeah. mignon? What are you doing? And we all don't want to do that work because someone along the way, maybe it was, you know, our supply house or something like that, but they told you, Dental office should be four operatories and you need 1.3 of this and 1.4 of that. It's not yeah. a formula. Yeah. Yeah. What's the yeah. formula for a restaurant? If you go to your restaurant tour buddies, and I have several, say, how many square feet did you decide upon for your restaurant? Well, I'm a coffee shop. Oh, I didn't know you're a coffee shop. I thought you were an empanada store. No. So it's they're totally different. They're totally, yeah. completely different. And yeah. what we get is we get dentists just saying, 
I like the, I've never been to your restaurant. I've never eaten your food. I've never experienced anything about it, but I've heard it's kind of cool. I saw the pictures on Google. How'd you build that? And that's the work that people don't want to do. And we're doing them a disservice. Any of the four of us are doing them a disservice. If we say it should be 13,000 square feet, 18 operatories, one oral surgeon, one peri. We're going to lead that person right into failure. Yeah, it's a good point. But you know what? There's nothing more frustrating. And I think that's why I crush you so much is that someone will ask a question. You'd be like, well, and you'll ask like, you know, the more questions. And my gut, Craig, is always just like, well, this is what you should do. Right. And so I'm not saying I'm right and, and you're wrong or vice versa. I'm just saying like it's so frustrating sometimes when someone is desperately in need of answers for them you to answer the question with a question. Right. But if you really want to help people, you want to get clarity because everybody has their pain point. People have a tendency to diagnose themselves. And by the time they get to the question, they already have a diagnosis. Mm. I do not have a good team. How do you get how do you hire a good team? Well, what is a good team? Someone that shows up on time and works for $14 an hour. Okay, well, that's not a Easy. good team to me. You know, it's the, uh, it's the Alice in Wonderland quote. If you don't know where you're going, any road will do. And and it's just, it's you're, you're in our profession, it's really, really at like epidemic levels of that. So every question forces another question if I'm what, really trying Epidemic to get... levels of what? Of people wanting uh, the five easy steps? Of not examining where you want to go because let's face it we all got into dentistry we wanted to help people we learned a recipe and a scientific form of how to help people if this then that if that then this and then we're thrust out and we're like oh shit i'm a small business person wait what what, what is this all about what is withholding what is that what is marketing and it's frenetic now it's like and there's so many voices in our industry like here's the five easy steps we'll build your office for you you know, there, I can name names, but we don't have to, but like, we'll get you off the ground and right. you're built, you're, they're building these cookie cutter offices when everybody's different. This type of dentistry, if, if a patient goes into any of our four offices, they will have a different treatment plan from all four of us and all of them are right. So even like, you know, it's like you go in a Chick-fil-A, they're going to give a chick sandwich, chicken sandwich. You go in a Morton's, you're going to get a steak. You're going to get whatever they have, but you can't want to be a Morton's and build a Chick-fil-A. That's it. And that's very, and it's very frustrating. A lot of, a lot of debt. So the first is the first question is what type of dentistry do you want to practice? And that's a really important question. Trey, as we joked, you joked about in the intros, he is a bread and butter or basic restorative quadrant dentist. If he meets people that need all on four FMR, they're probably going to get referred out or be, you know, pushed along down the road. You know, they meet Dwight, they're going to get an FMR. They, you know, they meet one of my guys. They're going to have it. So is one right or wrong? And that, by the way, that patient will be super pissed off. If they go to Dwight, they get a forty, fifty thousand dollars FMR. They go to Trey and be like, yeah, I'm going to do some crowns and make some partials. I'm like, who's right? You know, what, why did that guy want to charge me 40? I'm going to get it done with Trey for 15 and they're pissed. Yep. Is one wrong or right? No. So we're not talking about the nuances of, of, um, did I lose all you guys? No, no, no. no. We're hearing no. you. No, you no, yeah, you're out of thought. But let's let me be the process controller and let's pull it back to to, to if, the topic. But that was a good. I did love that analogy though. Just for the record, I think that, that was, was really great, good. Like, you know, and it's very, it's very real and it's very correct. And most people operate without that. That's the hard part. Well, it's hard for to us to try to help them that want to actually sit down and and plan out. Hey, this is where I want to go, or even figure it out. 
But I mean, kudos to you, Trey, like doing, you know, your model, you can take any dentist that has a degree and a nice personality and good hands and they will be successful. You take that same dentist that works in your facility really successfully, drop them in here, they might freak out. I have dentists that are 12 year tenured and they come into this organization. They feel like they're not good. Very intimidating. And I have to tell them, no, you're actually really good. Well, they're doing that, you know, all on X and FMR. I'm like, you don't have to. We don't know every patient that shows up here is not an FMR all on X. Right. You know, so it's like every, you know, you have a dental office has to have its service offering, like what it's going to do, what type of dentistry you're going to do paired with a retail, um, avatar of what consumer you wish to attract because if you're an fmr trained dentist but your office looks like you're selling you know quad you know single tooth dentistry or doesn't function well you won't be able to do your craft and you'll be burnt out and i think that no no better way to connect that to the components of recruitment is when we even got to the point where we were saying hey guys let's let's talk about recruiting an operator for example in the mastermind in cabo and the consensus in so many ways was implementer do not an implementer do not bring in somebody in dentistry right and well for a lot I, of I us, don't think that, i don't think it that was, was an option meaning and they didn't even think that was an option yeah, yeah, yeah. Meaning it, wasn't, it was don't so straightforward in. and expected to be the answer i need a hygiene an rdh an rda an office manager a front desk person like that was and that's how standardized a lot of people see recruitment and dentistry and it links back to kind of what he's saying i don't have a vision i don't really want to know what i want but at the end of the day don't get stuck on the title don't get focused on all these other items but more importantly realize you've got other options out there and i think in recruitment so much of us get stuck on creating such a small funnel because this is all we do we think that dentistry is just this magical business that you need to have experience in and it's just a different widget yes i understand we provide clinical care but at the end of the day the stuff that leads up to that is the same as all business it's just a different widget and so what we your advice was dwight is is well should I, i need to hire someone with dental experience right and the answer was no as a matter of fact it's probably preferential to get a fresh set of eyes for implementation because the stuff you need implementing implement. Yeah. Implementing. Not, yeah. Implementing. Thank you. Is not the stuff that is clinical. So yeah, like, why are you looking for someone who has quote unquote dental experience for implementation of X, Y, and Z? And it was like, Oh shit. And I was like, and here's the beauty of that is that now you just opened up, you know, millions of more people to the application pool, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And Funnel probably someone huge. quite better and probably someone who's not coming yeah. with a preconceived set of notions of the way that Dr. Nosenhares did it 10 years ago with the practice they worked in. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think we get so stuck on saying, well, there's no other office managers available in my area. And by my area, I mean, Southwestern United States. That's right. It's like, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. But it's true. And I think that's part of what, what Craig is saying too, and bringing that together. Now, how, what is your number one recruiting methodology across the board? I know that we use culture index a lot um, uh, to try and then bring them in and establish who it is that we're recruiting. I mean, does your, I know all of you have now implemented some culture index into your process, but are you all actually having your teams build the profiles and or y'all still rolling down that road? I'm one curious. thing, just a small bit of housekeeping, by the way, Dwight, we keep mentioning culture index and I want to make sure that people know um, how to get to culture index. So sure. 
we'll put the link in the sh um in the sure show notes sure. and the yeah, below absolutely. because it's a very specific way and culture index is great for um it's all for all business but it's very specific when we talk about using culture index for dentistry and that's why they i hook want up bulletproof listeners dwight by the way mm -hmm. yeah, they yeah. yeah yeah all right yeah um, what are they yeah so that's important to go through the the channel that we have so that we can yeah, we'll definitely put it in there and the reason i even bring it up is because i feel like we've used it to get us a more accurate and consistent me method on how to recruit and it actually puts a system in your team right now your team is just like whoever walks in that door we're going to interview them we're going to throw them through a working interview and we're going to use indeed to get those who are not in the door and then we'll just see what happens right and i think that's the biggest mistake right now is because not only are you are we trying to create a larger funnel but we're also trying to make sure the right people are applying for the right jobs Yes, you got, this is goes back to I know where you're about to go with this is that is the, the way you use it. But the thing that is most daunting about hiring is whittling down that applicant applicant pool. And yep. I'm not speaking from a place of me doing it all the time. I'm just speaking from a place of me spending a lot of time with the people who do do it mm -hmm. and, and getting their pain points. So it is it is hard. You have to it's a lot of tire kickers and a lot of people and indeed just sending it out and you have hundreds of applicants sometimes for one job. Yep. And so how do you, how do you as the person who is, who has the power to hire in the organization, pick the diamond in the rough, right? Or, or at least start the process without having some sort of data, mm -hmm. data. And I think that data starts guys, honestly, people say like you're, here's your recruiting tips. I think it starts too on you filming videos and giving the culture of the practice. Yep. People who are not a performers will sometimes weed themselves out of that application pool. Sometimes For sure they will. Meaning For sure. that if they see, well, that's what the office looks like. Look how it's too intimidating are. to go apply there. Yeah. yeah like, I if agree. you're not, yep. if you're not a major league player, please, please stay in the farm league. So they'll, yeah. they'll know though. They'll, they, they will, will know. Self so that self-selection is sometimes help, but for that, the, so that is one tip for, the, the hiring is, is, is allowing people that it's not open for everyone. It's only open for here. I think video portrays that. I think good social media portrays that if you don't fit this kind of culture, cause right, we're not going to, you have to protect the house. If you're not, you know, actually not let someone come in. I would argue one particular item on no, that. I, lost my is, train of thought, Dwight. I know, but it's not just that it's not just the fact that they're weeding themselves out. It's that you're making sure that those who are inflexible and don't want to grow that are stuck in their ways do not show up in your environments. That's the bigger thing that you're avoiding. You're bringing, you're attracting people who are excited to be a part of your environment. Not just, I, I'm not talking about that's down the way. And I hear you on the problem. Like that's going to be a problem. I'm saying I'm giving tips and tactics yeah. for, for, for hiring. recruitment of top talent. Yeah. Yeah. Down the way that, we'll get to that down the way, Dwight. I think you're right that you, you need that because what you just said. So all those things weed out those people. I agree with that. So but I think a more important thing to say is it attracts the top talent as well. So A players bring in A players. Yeah, B that's players that's my players. That's my ace is my team recruitment strategy. So yeah. in our office, we have number one, we have a pipeline program. So if you have no dental experience whatsoever and want a clinical job, you can come in as a sterilization um, assistant. And we will train you to do that job. And then the hygiene team will train you to become a hygiene assistant, train you to do x-rays and perio chart. And then from there, the assistant team will tr move that person up. So what? whenever anybody starts as a line-level employee here, and, and full disclosure, Erica was starting start in sterilization. You go there, but you don't have to just stay there. 
there are people that have stayed there for seven years and there's people that have to stay there, that stay there for seven weeks or seven months. Right. But it's this idea that you can move through and the idea of paying people and encouraging our team to refer. So we have a bonus system. And I really like what Dwight said at the mastermind, you know, we pay a, a bonus system, but you don't want to pay it all up front. It should be staged. So as Dwight, you were saying at the mastermind, maybe pay half of the bonus at 30 or 90 days or maybe six months and the other half at a year. Because anybody can kind of drudge through it, make it, you know, 60, 90 months, days. Anybody can make it. Yeah, yeah but, right. but Dwight has systems in place that, you know, through his culture index and things that basically that person's not going to even get an interview. Oh, yeah. But I, unless yeah. they have checked the box with 80% of what the job they're looking for is, right? So that's the yeah. data. That's the, I have said this a hundred times. I'm going to say it again. It's the money ball. If you haven't watched that movie, it's the money ball for dentistry, meaning look, yeah. putting the right players on the field is sometimes very analytical. And, and in a space where we didn't have data, like Craig, we talked about in the last one, now having data is a superpower and it can propel your business way beyond what you think, I, th I think. So the right team. And I let go ahead. Uh, I was going to touch on that for sure. Go ahead then. Yeah, go ahead. It's not just the fact that obviously you get the right person. And so what he's alluding to is that we use culture indexes platform to not only we each, have, everybody has their own profile. It gives us our strengths, our weaknesses. We balance our teams based on what those teams need. What are some weaknesses in the teams that we need strengthened up? And so we build a profile specific to the position we are hiring for, not just in the traits that make them good at that job, but also in making them fit the team so that the whole team gets stronger. Then we let people take the culture index before we even interview them. If they don't hit at least 80% of that profile, we're not even interviewing them, much less are we putting them through a working interview. So if you have 40 people apply to a job, you may only have eight or seven that are actually within four. that. Yeah, you may have four. Well, guess what? The, the after you using this for so long, the one thing that surprises me to this day and just is, is the one, I guess, side effect that I did not realize is that my team does not hate recruiting anymore yeah, I was just, because they're not interviewing 50 people. So for one I was job. talking about the burnout thing yes, earlier. That's right? what I'm talking about. And so it's not just your burnout because you're, you're, you are a, you can vicariously feel burnout from other people, which then you, you carry it with you as the, as the owner operator. Yeah. Right. And so when someone is excited, potentially let's change the, change the narrative. Oh, hiring is the worst to I'm excited because I need to architect and meet someone who could potentially could be a thoroughbred. The narrative changes opposed to, I have to put someone on the bus versus I get to now maybe hire yeah. a thoroughbred. And so you're saying it's no, not so daunting because now you have four people Right. that are technically qualified from a data standpoint mm -hmm. of who they are to possibly be there. And now they're the only ones who the, the HR or your hiring uh, yeah. department needs to kind of deal with. And that, my God, is reducing so much friction in this process that it's yeah. just a game changer. Yeah. And they, they literally look at it as I get to recruit a person that's going to make this team better. What a totally different world, right? Let's bring in somebody and try them out. So I so think that's you, why. Uh, Trey, do you offer a internal referral bonus for hiring teams and uh, friends of team members? We have in the past. I've gotten away from it. And I will tell you after that mastermind, we're putting that right back in place. Yeah. So Dwight, you, you obviously have it because Craig gave that story. Craig, what is the dollar amount that you give? So we have historically always done $250. Um, when we had a major pinch, 
uh, and our difficulty hiring people um, just recently, a couple months ago, we amped it up for like a, I think a three month period to a thousand dollars. Excellent. So the, my rationale was I was looking at my have Indeed. you reduced it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Why? So we. Well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Have we we've hired the people? So we have not reduced it. It goes all the way through until you've, those jobs are all filled. So you've kept the incentive the same. Just until we fill those positions. I'm not, I'm not busting on you. I'm no, no, no. I know. I didn't tell people I put an end to it. I'm like, we're a lightning round, so to speak. Yeah, I think it's, it's good. I would like, actually say, I mean, this is just me. I'm, I don't know what ours is, actually. I think it's $500. But I would actually, I love that the $1,000. I think, I think four digits gets someone's attention. I think I three I does not. And if someone's like, damn, I can make a thousand bucks by, by hustling and side hustling to get this thoroughbred that I know is my friend that's unhappy at X office, I'm going to actually go to work. 250 might not get me off the start line, right. but a thousand bucks is real money let me, to anyone. Let me tell you where I got it from though. I was looking at my Indeed bills and I was spending- 100%. You know, every week, <laughs> Three thousand, four thousand dollars every oh, you know week and a half, two weeks, major money. So what I always think of, and I talk about this with my team a lot. I say if there's any service that we're using that you could perform better, I'd rather pay and you. save us money. I would rather pay you to do yeah, it, thousand percent, than pay some stranger. So it's the same thing as that. I say so if you see we're paying X dollars for insurance verification, you can do that plus your job. And you can save us money. That's great. The only difference is just like any other vendor. If I don't like that particular service that you're doing, I have the opportunity to, to withdraw that service from you. So you don't lose your job, but you lose that upside. So if you want to clean the office, go for it. Clean the office. How much is it to clean the office? I'll pay you, save us money and we'll do it. But if at any given moment you don't do a good job cleaning the office, you don't lose your day job. You just lose that side job. I think it's important to talk. I think about. it's yeah. the smartest money you, you've spent. Meaning the delta from two fifty to a thousand on your people is yeah. I think that 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 difference is probably some of the probably the best marketing slash operational money you probably ever spent. And I'd love yeah, to hear. But you do have to put the I, so in full of course, disclosure. It, it's titrated out over time. I right. I made that. a mistake. Everybody, you get it at ninety days. So during the mastermind, I realized don't give it at 90. You can give half at 90 and yeah. half at maybe six or seven well, months. Even, even for us, I, I just want to be very blunt. Like it's not for us, not a recruitment bonus. It's a recruitment and retention bonus. There's if I'm going to give you a thousand dollars, I'm still going to say it's a thousand dollars, but you're going to get 500 at six months and 500 at one year. Why? Because your job is not just to recruit. It's to make sure they feel good in this environment and that they're learning and that they're. And by the way, having a buddy inside the office is massive to your integration. I mean, all of our hygienists have been brought in by friends. So they tell you the good. It's not all roses and sunshine here. There's difficult things too. You're going to work your ass off. It's going to be hectic. It's going to, we have high level patients. These patients that we have are not normal people. They're, they're high net worth. They're demanding and it's not all easy. So, you know, when I recruit someone, I'm going to tell them all the greatest parts about it. And in some ways it's a disservice because I look at the organization through rose colored glasses, but they'll keep it real with them and they will actually keep that retention high to your point, Dwight. Yeah. Yeah, You made a comment at morning huddle the other day. I have to say this. I even came up and I said, Hey, I want to hand this check to this person. I was like, Hey, and I pointed out justice. I want you to know you're a rock star on our team. I want to thank you. And on top of that, I want to thank Sadie who recruited you and brought you over. Sadie, here's your check. 
front of everybody. Everybody Always. needs to know we appreciate what it is that's going on here and that these are the this is the best way to recruit people. I love that I've had Yeah, this we do idea. the same thing. I've loved that I've had this R and R idea. Dwight, that you reminded me that I had the ADS R and R program. Oh, ADN, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just established uh, October thirty first. <laughs> it's coming uh, in, right? Yeah, right. So you're going to hold on to it forever. The ADS referral and recruitment, the R and R program. I love it, Dwight. Recruitment and by the way, I think we touched on something that I think is like it's my idea, Dwight. I, we touched on something that I think is I'm right. Uh, I'm right. <laughs> did, Dwight, did you actually get it from me, or you were doing it before me? No, just the vernet, just the nomenclature of nomenclature of calling the, it uh, well, recruitment and retention. Matter. No matter no. what we come up with, it's going to be Peter's anyway. So For the sure. most yeah. the most important well, thing, though, why is we're here is to give him ideas. Dwight, you said I, I, I give the check in public, right? And yeah. I think it's really important. Bonus checks, same thing. So we don't just drop your bonus direct deposit into your account with your paycheck. We pay the twenty five dollars to run a separate run and get those separate checks, and I hand them each out. Because if it just slips into your into your direct deposit, it doesn't really feel very very much. But I, our bonus checks, you have to deposit them. You actually have to take a picture and deposit of it. Do you always hand them out in a, in a, in a public meeting, or do you hand them no, out? No, I go to them personally, or I'll give them to the doctors to set, to give it to the people that they work directly with. Yeah, that so I like. we're not yeah. going to talk about any more um, culture index hacks because of people who don't use them. Like, and which is most of our audience, by the way. Yeah, you and guys have been beating this horse. So let's not talk yeah. about that anymore. Let's actually give tactical advice in the absence of that. Because because I think it's getting like sweaty back for me. Honestly, well, one, like, we've talked about it too much. Yeah, I'll give an example of something that we love to do um, and has turned out to be really successful. And that we do kind of a, a job fair day type thing. But on a Saturday morning when other people are not working at their jobs, because a lot of them are too scared to take away from their practices or from their jobs. And we just kind of put it out there on social media and get out there. And honestly, we attract, we usually, it's crazy because I originally thought we would attract some assistants, maybe some hygienists and things like that. And front, you know, and things to that degree. We attracted doctors, lab technicians. I mean, people were coming in from, that had nothing to do with dentistry and they were walking in and they're like, this place looks awesome to work. The fact that you're doing this, I just showed up. I mean, they would come in and they go through the process, get a tour and go through it. And we recruited a ton of people from that. And honestly, we did. We made a video. We put it out there. We wanted to say, hey, you're welcome to just come in, get a tour of the facility, get a tour, get to know who we are. And we attracted, and I would say about 50% of the people came from outside of dentistry that were then hired. Um, and, awesome. and then the other 50% were within dentistry, but they didn't want to take away time from their job because it was mm -hmm. just, it's very catty. It's like, oh, well, I, where were you? And all that. So I think it was kind of an interesting thing that worked for so, us. So you did it on a weekend? Yeah, we did it on a Saturday morning. And very this nice. was like dental assisting hygiene appreciation stuff? It was, no, this was just quite literally having an open forum of kind of a fair day. And just kind of promoting and oh, bringing a job everybody fair day. a job fair, yeah, got yeah. It, and we had everybody it. come on out. And honestly, we had a lot of people came in. And we're like, oh, not for me, but most of them were like, wow, this is incredible. I'd love to work here. I have no dental experience. I, okay? I, I think it's a testament to what you've built, Dwight, that you have people self-selecting. Well, not for me, like you just said. So, like bringing back to the food analogy again, there's certain people that would never work at McDonald's, right? But they would work at Chick Fil A. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there's values of Chick-fil-A, you know, like, you know, there's certain things that they resonate yeah. with and you just, so you can go into a Chick-fil-A and just feel a different type of employee than a yeah. McDonald's. It's totally different experience. I agree. And I just think that, you know, getting back full circle, it's just, we don't, it's like, how, what are the three easy hacks to get your team? <laughs> Holy smokes. Is, was your facility oh, or mine easy yeah. to build? 
Holy yeah. smokes. Yeah. But isn't your team, your culture, your facility, your brand all right. a hack to create right. employment? I'm with I you. Mean, I couldn't have done that five years ago and been successful. That's a good right. point. Which let's takes go, time. Let's do a hot. It takes let's do time a hot take. and a lot of small. Let's go hot. Let's do yeah, small daily wins. Small small right. What is yeah? Small Dwight, daily What's wins. your number it's one tip? Let's just summarize it and end on this. What's your number one tip, or hiring tips, or ideas, or things that you feel like you've made a breakthrough in? My number one still going to be culture index. My number All two right. is still going to be. Uh, letting the team recruit their people. Love it. Craig. So, yeah, or mine's right, for actually, sure. Trey, Trey, let's go, so Trey. Let's it, go around. Mine's very specific in terms of doctors and hygienists. But I hire new new graduates the vast majority of times for our positions, and then we train them. And one of the biggest things we've done in terms of success is we just started have, throwing happy hours at the school. So you're getting – we do – we started last year. We're starting to do it every every quarter – and we're going to alternate doctors and then hygienists. But if you think back to when you were a fourth year dental student or even a third and fourth year dental student, you don't get a lot of that. You get a lot of stuff that is very geared towards very specific things. So even the recruitment ones can be the way as we've kind of asked them in our events, it's they're very, they're very intentional in terms of, Hey, what do you have? Oh, you have something already. I'm not talking to you. Let me focus over here. It's they're not just out there to have a good time have a few drinks, have some food, enjoy themselves and get to know us. And when you offer that, we've had a huge turnout and we've had a really good success rate of being able to hire people from each one of those individual events. That's awesome. But only doctors and hygienists. So, yeah, it's that, that it's it's more specific and geared to those. Yeah, man. That's awesome. I love that idea. Tripping with Tippet. There tips, you go. No, tipsy Tip, with Tipsy with Tippet. There's no tipsy tripping going on. Tripping. We're not dropping LSD. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there you go. Tipsy with Trey. He's we're, so protective of this conversation. Yet no he knows language all too well. Dwight's <laughs> yeah, screwed if I ever quit drinking. What's, what's he, your, he's not going to know what to say. I, I won't, bro. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're right. Some of those things got augmented, but in reality, they're not that way. <laughs> Craig. And I can't say it. I mean, I was drinking with you, man. Craig, what is your, uh, as, as we number as we close this? Yeah, what's what would be yeah, your Yeah, the number one by far is having the team recruit their friends and associates so whether that's doctors whether it's like dr estrada or like um pulling in bart or or the the hygiene yeah. team it's always been that that's our number one by far and large but the only reason why i was able to utilize that hack was the 22 years or 24 years now of grinding every day building what i think is the most iconic dental organization in my area so i could exploit that tactic because I built what I had built. If you don't have something great, no one's going to recruit for you. So the hacks that we're all using, we're, we're, we're speaking from the apex of our own mountains. So it's hard to, you know, just boil that down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It speaks to branding. Yeah, Everything. Which, which is, I know no one's asking me, but what my number one would actually be that marketing is just as important. Meaning the presence mm -hmm. that you have from a website, from a, from an office experience, all the things from a social media, from video presence, whatever it is, the same things that attract a patient to come in and pick up the phone in your office are going to be the same things that attract a team member to want exactly. to embody that. I want exactly. to work there. Yeah, exactly. So all all of it's dual purposed. So right. So and the but things sometimes that you do we think of market. Where I'm going, Craig, is that so many of us, self included 
we think that the marketing is just for new patients, just for revenues, but it actually has this halo or this side benefit of just being really attracting. As I can't tell you how many people, honestly, y'all have hired is like, I followed you guys on social media long before I wanted to work there. Right. Yep. And then they get to see the patient, ex- I'm sorry, the, yep. the team experiences that we have. They get exposed to that. My other last thing would say is that be active on LinkedIn. A lot of times people mm-hmm. who are unhappy in their job are perusing around on LinkedIn, but they're too afraid to say I'm open for hire, but they're willing to say like, hey, they're willing to engage. And so LinkedIn is a different psychology. Yeah, you know, obviously Instagram, we're looking on Instagram to be entertained, Facebook entertained or connect. Someone who's on LinkedIn is there for a different purpose. Right. So the context matters of what you do. That's great. That's exactly it. I love that. I would say that at the end of the day, I think if I was vulnerable enough and I'm sure all of us, you don't get to go again. No, I'm going to end us. I'm going to close it, brother, (laughs) is that early on. And that's what a lot of people are listening or realizing is early on when you're building a practice, you're, you got your C people attracting C people. You're then you get to the point where you're B people attracting B people. And then Uh a, your culture attracts a people because you got a people and that it it's, it's all part of building a practice. You don't recruit people and they don't just show up because you're amazing. It takes more than just us to do it. And it takes incredible facilities and marketing and branding and getting out there. We all know why we go shop places or go to places or eat at places because of their brand, because we want to be a part of that. Well, we've got to create the same thing if that's what we're going to do for recruitment. And it's no different in any other business as it is in dentistry. And And also too, too, sorry, Peter, one more thing. It's also, we're sitting here um, and, and it was really hard at first. I had a lot of really great people leave me early on in my career just because I wasn't the type of boss or leader that people wanted to be around. So it wasn't like, poof, this all just happened. It's a lot of, you know, failure along the way. And if you're failing currently, you know, it's not your final failure. This is a time for you to take inventory, realize where you need to uh, improve your skills and get that help. You know, we got no training in dental school, none for any of this. So this may be your first lesson as a new dentist or even as a seasoned dentist in how to do this. And in our mastermind, we have people that are my age. You know, one of the guys graduated school with me, Stefan, and, you know, we've yep. been out for 24 years. We never had, he's getting his information right now. Like, so it's, um, it's no wonder we need help and, and no wonder that uh, it, just, it just doesn't happen through osmosis. I totally agree. I completely agree is what I was trying to say right there. What I would recommend everyone is if you're evaluate as you're, as you're listening to this pod, evaluate your own process. It's not going to be Dwight's method or Craig's method or, or my method or trace evaluate it. Where are the pain points? What sucks in your process and start there. Sometimes hearing all these things, Oh, they just said five things. Start somewhere. Start with the pain point in your process. Evaluate that. Fix that first. And we're going to end with some good music here. Oh yeah. This quiet storm. Wish I had some. I wish I had some drums. You don't need them. You got them. White's gonna do some beatboxing for you. All right, everybody. Bye, guys. Nice to see y'all. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next time on the Bulletproof Pod.